Yeah, we're rolling. Sorry about that. Awesome. Not a big deal. Uh, yes, this is Western Kabuki uh, with your host, Wack Nicholson, and my esteemed uh, partner, uh, Bird Respector. And hey. we are joined today by um, our first in-person guest, uh, Matilda Tillamundo on Twitter. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> she was so kind as to uh, come to my home, not only uh, today, but she was here yesterday uh, for a little get-together with a few people. Um, it's true. Yes. Um, she got to meet my dog, who has been removed from the premises, so he does not demand He's been that. barred. <laughs> he's not for. He's not allowed. <laughs> Um, and today we are not talking about a Nicolas Cage movie. Um, and I would say, Bird, you can feel free to uh, disagree with me here. I would say this movie has nothing to do with the Western Kabuki idea or aesthetic. Nothing, not even remotely. I tried really hard <laughs> to find a through line and I failed. So yeah, yeah, I was just, doing just the for same funsies. Thing. Yes, this is just for fun because we all saw Nope and we thought it was good and we were talking about it on Twitter. So now we are talking about it uh, to each other. In our voices. Yeah. Uh, Matilda, you're the guest. Why don't you tell us your uh, initial reaction to it? I knew very little about it going in. I Just one of my friends was like, do you want to go see the Jordan Peele UFO movie? And I was like, yes, I would. Um, And then I was just floored. I was just like... I'm one of the, I'm a kind of person that like, I love watching movies. It's a, it's a hobby of mine, but a lot of times when I watch a movie, I'm thinking like, I kind of wish this would end. Like this is going on a little long. I got other (laughs) shit to do. This was the first time in years that I've watched a movie that I just, I was completely immersed. Like I did not want it to end. It could have gone on forever. And I would have been like, this is amazing. I loved it so much. It was like, it was terrifying, but it was fun. It was just a really, really fun theater experience, in my opinion. Theater experience. So were you, like, were there a lot of people, like, reacting and stuff in the theater? There was a family in the front row of the theater, like, yelling. Like, vocalizing their reactions. And it made it a lot more fun to have, like, a studio audience. Yeah. Did you have that, Caleb? Because I really didn't. My audience, the audience when I went to see it was pretty quiet. No. So I had a pretty unique theater experience in that... I went to a matinee with a buddy and we were the only people in there somehow. It was like this old rickety theater and the, that used to be by my house where I grew up. And um, uh, yeah, we just were the only ones in there. It was awesome. Um, so we just kind of got to, you know, be the, be the chuckleheads in there and we were, we were goofing off. It was an, it was an awesome time. Yeah. That's really weird. Um, yeah, so we what did you, what was your initial reaction to the movie? what did you think of it? Oh, I loved it, man. Um, you know, it kind of felt to me like a uh, like a love letter to Spielberg. You know, there was some I think uh, okay, yeah, kind of throwbacks. And then what really stuck out to me, and I googled this after, I didn't know this, um, but like uh, Jordan Peele is a huge anime nerd, and you can see that when uh, the motorcycle slide happened, I was like, dude, that's Akira. And then of course, like the you know, the, I guess spoilers, the alien's second form or whatever was like, damn, that looks like an angel from Ava. <laughs> So, yeah, it looked like a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> it's truly crazy. dead. Yeah, dude. And so I looked it up, and it turns out like he's a fan of both of those. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, and we've kind of established this as a norm here at Western Kabuki already. But the um, we're gonna spoil the whole thing, 
and it's yeah, a brand yeah. new movie. So <laughs> do uh, do have seen it before listening to this. Um, but my initial reaction to the film was um, that I was right. I called it from the very first day that the, the poster was announced um, from the the uh, a year ago today or the day the movie came out. Um, there was a poster released with the picture of the cloud with the flags coming out of it. And I said that I thought it would be about social media. And I was correct from nothing but the poster. So once again, one on the board for Nack, Wack Nicholson being uh, uh, having a powerful movie mindset. Um, but <laughs> also, I thought it was very good. Hang on, though. Hold on, hold on. How did you make that connection from the poster? Because it was a cloud. And I was sort of thinking that, like, Get Out was about, like, race relations and then us was about like colonialization so i thought it might be like a social media anti-smartphone type of thing i have to i'm gonna dispute that okay go ahead i interpreted it as being more about like um hollywood in general right. and just kind of like the american tradition of of spectacle in its own specific way and like the exploitation that inevitably results from that specifically like in the black experience right pretty obviously but i didn't get any in my mind like that idea versus social media they're pretty different things to me and i didn't get any hints of like it being a protest against social media necessarily so okay. i'm interested to hear like what cued you to that conclusion yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool all right so yeah let's talk about the plot then a little bit um i am just looking at the wikipedia page um to sort of go for or to recap it, but it, I know it opens with a a a, a, a sitcom uh, and something horrible has happened at the sitcom. And By the it way, says we definitely need a Gordy spinoff. <laughs> Did you see that he released the video to Twitter today? Oh, like, that happened today. Yeah, uh. <laughs> he he put out like the the what's it called the, the theme song to <laughs> Gordy's home. Awesome! Um, check that out. Yeah. Uh, so it says, in 1998, chimpanzee animal actor attacks and maims three of its co-stars on the soundstage for the sitcom Gordy's Home. The show's youngest actor, Ricky Jupe Park, hides under the table and witnesses the brutal ordeal. The chimp finds Jupe and is unusually friendly to him before authorities shoot it down. And I'm going to take issue... Matilda's dying right next to me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not playing. <laughs> um, I'm going to take issue right there because they don't show the chimp get killed at the opening, right? That's like in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in the present day, Otis Haywood Sr., owner of the Haywood Hollywood Ranch, trains and handles horses for movies and television. He is played by Keith David, which is pretty cool to see him. Uh, which is also funny in light of that person saying that John Carpenter isn't yeah. as good a director. As, that thread um, is kind of like why we're here doing this. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, yeah. that, <laughs> that. that Keith David's in like five uh, John Carpenter movies and this guy's right. like, oh, he's not as good. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so Haywood claims that the unnamed man in the famous horse in motion pictures was his great, great grandfather. When Otis Senior is killed by mysterious debris falling from the sky, his children, Otis O.J. Haywood Jr. and Emerald M. Haywood, 
inherit the ranch. OJ tries to keep the business afloat and maintain his father's legacy while M seeks fame and fortune. Uh, this reads like somebody who was told about the movie because a lot of this stuff is coming way out of order. Um, but the uh, basically you see like it starts to rain stuff like car keys and, and a nickel goes into Keith David's eye, kills him. And they take over the ranch. So they're working on a commercial. They, OJ, and M. Uh, OJ is not good with people, but he is good with animals. And M is like a real show show woman. And she's like dancing. She's a show gal. She's a show gal. Uh, she, everybody's loving her. And then the horse kicks somebody because the uh, director is unable to keep a control on uh, uh, his production and the animal and everything. Um, so one of the big themes of the movie is animal care for animals, like, uh, relationships with animals. Um, and my initial reaction was actually not the social media aspect, but the idea of like respect for nature and everything. I don't know what you guys thought about that. In I mean, my like... opinion, I mean, I think Jordan Peele has used like the animal motif throughout all of his movies. Oh. Um, <clears throat> we had like the rabbits and us. I remember there was one in Get Out. I do not remember what it was. The deer at the very beginning. The deer, yes. Um, but I, I mean, I saw it as like kind of commentary on the racial side of the story he was trying to tell. How so? Um, I mean, we have this idea. Like, we have these two main animals. We have Gordy the chimpanzee, and then we have like these horses. And at certain points, like they kind of go overboard as animals because they're like pushed to the edge and pushed to the edge like that. The scene with Gordy was like one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in a movie. Truly. Like I was like in the seat, like clenched <laughs> up, like trying not to watch. It was so horrible. Just the idea of like, you, you take these creatures that like you take them out of their natural habitat and you use them for entertainment. Yeah. And then like, they go feral as animals do and it it just like i don't i don't know that i have like a fully formed this is one of those movies i definitely need to like see maybe four or five more times yeah sure and like think about for six months before i like fully halfway get it um that was definitely my interpretation of it i think it has a lot to do with like like you were saying earlier, like OJ's character, yeah. like he's not a people person. He's an animal person. Um, he's just more intuitive in that way. And maybe that serves nothing else than like the character of OJ. But I think it's a pretty important detail, like how much he cares about the horses and how protective he is. Yeah. What do you think, Caleb? Um, About... The animals. The relationship Sorry. with the animals. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, he, he, OJ's character says it, you know, talking about making a deal with a predator and everything. And that's kind of what, so I was going to say earlier, uh, this is like the closest to <laughs> the feeling that Jaws gave me. And that's my favorite movie. Oh, wow. And um, I think obviously there, there's that element of it switching from like a UFO movie to a creature feature really quick on, on you with, that was the nice twist. Um, and the, yeah. the rest of the animals, man, uh, there's a couple different reads that you can make on that. 
I think uh, a lot of it too, there was a, um, like a, a writer in, I think it was Slate or something wrote about how his interpretation of Gordy was that he kind of, you know, felt exploited and um, that it's kind of like, there's like two, two, two reads that you could really make on that. You know, he just goes crazy and kills everybody. But what Jordan Peele, Peele was doing was kind of like, you know, using that as a way to show like uh, almost tokenism, you know, um, the, uh, wait, what do you mean? So like Jupiter's, uh, character was like, you know, even by Kiki's, how she had explained it was, Oh, he's the little Asian boy that was in the the sheriff's movie. So he was kind of like tokenized. And, um, you know, um, I think that like the reason that maybe Gordy didn't kill him is because he had some kinship with him. And, um, just in the oh. terms of, like they were uh, being exploited kind of in similar ways. And that's why he yeah. kind of went for the fist bump. I mean, like the literal, literally he didn't kill him because the tablecloth obscured his vision. So he didn't look him in the eye. Right. But I think that that's kind of like the, I guess, subtextual meaning that Jordan Peele was going. Yeah. For. Yeah. 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 I really like that. I, did, I hadn't thought of that. And, uh, I'm very much with you, Matilda, that the, 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 it, it require it calls for repeat viewings. I think that mm-hmm. yeah. um, there are different different things to uh, pick up on. Um, so further in the movie, um, after Keith David's character dies and they are fired from this commercial shoot, um, they go to Jupe, who is their neighbor. Um, so yes. Um, Kiki Palmer's character, uh, Emerald, recognizes him as being from a um, kids' TV show or something, uh, like a dude ranch type show. Kid um, Sheriff, it was called, yeah. Kid Sheriff, yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of the, the, the Nickelodeon show from the early 90s. Uh, uh, what was that show called? Was it called Dude Ranch? Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, and then he also did the Gordy's Home thing, uh, where the chimpanzee killed a bunch of people. Uh, so they are neighbors with this kid who's a grown up now, played by Stephen Ewan. Um, and they are talking to him at his little, like, uh, cowboy western type of carnival attraction, uh, called Jupiter's Claim. Um, and M encourages OJ to sell the ranch to Jupe, feeling no connection to the business and recalling that their father broke his promise to teach her how to train her own horse. So there's a rift between Emerald and OJ because Emerald says, why can't we just sell it? But OJ has been like taking care of all the horses and has a connection with everybody. Um, so then that night, after they have this, like, argument, OJ is feeding the horses, and uh, Emerald is drinking whiskey and dancing in the living room, um, and then their electricity goes out, and comes back on, and then goes out again, um, and their horses are, like, running away, like, trying to get out of their enclosure, um, and while they're... Well, while uh, OJ's trying to get a, a lid on that, he sees a UFO, like a flying saucer. Um, I'm a little annoyed now with this <laughs> this uh, synopsis. I feel like they would have. Uh, they doesn't this feel out of order? Am I wrong? Is anybody else 
little. Yeah. No, it's jumbly. It but you know what? It's uh, it's only a couple days old, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So they see a UFO, and it's spitting out. It's devouring the horses and spitting out inorganic matter, which resulted in Otis's earlier death. So now they know that the UFO is, like, spitting out things like coins and keys. Um, and the siblings decide to film evidence of the UFO's existence, and they recruit a Fry's Electronics employee, Angel Torres, to help them surveil, uh, set up the surveillance cameras. So he sort of insists, Angel insists on being the one to set it up. Angel then offers uh, them a service where he can monitor the cameras um, because he knows that they're looking for aliens. They say no, and he does it anyway. And... Then the first night they're trying to record it, um, Angel uh, calls M and is like, one of your cameras went out. And then there was a bug on the other one. And so when the UFO came, the power went down and they weren't able to capture it. Um, but then the next day, Angel comes by and says that he sees that a cloud is like not moving. Um, that there's one cloud over like the ridge by their house that isn't moving. So Jupe introduces a, at the same time, Jupe is introducing a new show at his cowboy theme park. Uh, he's planning to use a horse as bait to lure the UFO in front of the paying audience. The UFO arrives and devours Jupe, his family, and the audience. Uh, and it can be noticed here that the girl who played his sister in the um sitcom in the Gordy's home sitcom uh was there and she's wearing like a scarf over her face because her face got eaten by a chimpanzee um most and... unfortunate character in horror history she survived <laughs> <to get laughs> destroyed in a very 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 awful way immediately after yes yes being like just crushed alive by yeah. a big balloon monster they brought um, it back i did like <laughs> I did like that because um, in the trailer, in the first like teaser trailer that came out for this, you see her in the trailer and it sort of like slow pans over the veil and then you can see her like half a face that's been yeah. eaten off. And it seems like she's going to be a monster of some kind. Um, and it's sort of like a funny sort of meta commentary on like the way disabled people are always portrayed in horror movies yeah. as being like, scary and evil i mean even up to stranger things uh like i just finished watching the the new season of stranger things and like the kid with a like burnt face is the bad guy um yeah and so that was kind of an interesting thing to like use her as sort of a like bait They're in the trailer right. and then sort of like subvert it that way um so yes jupe and the whole show they all get eaten and that was a very terrifying scene of them all getting sucked up and eaten, by the way. I, got, I just got to say, like, that middle part of the movie of them getting <laughs> getting got was absolutely terrifying. And then the scene where it immediately does the blood storm over the house, like, holy shit. Absolutely. That was so cool. The, the raining of blood, um, which is funny because my wife's prediction for the movie is that it was going to be like a biblical plague thing. And she was also kind of right in that, like, <laughs> there are like plagues of like you know livestock dying and um raining blood um but the blood rain was basically just the ufo spitting out like 
the extra gunk that it had eaten because OJ deduces that the UFO is not a spaceship, but a predatory creature asserting dominance and that it does not eat those who do not look at it. So um, at this point, they sort of realize that it's a predator, not like a group of people, but just like a, a tiger that lives outside of their village. Um, and the thing about it is that they, they are trying to figure out what its rules are. Uh, like how can you come to an agreement with it? Uh, which is a sort of thing that they, um, have talked about, uh, with other animal actors and animal training is that like, you can't train a tiger. You can only, uh, come to an agreement with it, is what they say. Um, and utilizing similar methods to those used to break and train horses, OJ believes they can influence the alien's behavior to get footage without being eaten. After a second failed attempt at recording footage of the alien, now dubbed Jean Jacket by the Haywoods, the three decide to hire Holst for assistance. Holst is a cinematographer who was working on the project that they got fired from when their horse kicked a uh, personal assistant on set. Um, and he is, when they call him, working on um, editing film of like nature documentary footage of, of predators. And they are able to convince him to come by, like, convincing him that this is going to be basically the, the best nature documentary ever, if you can get the shot. So, due to the alien's presence affecting electronics, Holst brings a hand-cranked IMAX film camera to capture the footage. OJ attempts to save a trespassing TMZ reporter. The guy comes up, and um, he is, like, trying to get footage because he's a a scumbag TMZ reporter who wants to uh, uh, scoop this family. Uh, but he is consumed while begging OJ to film the event. Holst is overcome by the sight of the UFO. Well, that's not exactly what happens. It's a very harrowing. This is like the climax <laughs> of the movie. And there's things like, yeah, I know <laughs> a few other things happen in between there, but they do this really cool idea where they steal the car batteries out of the cars of the audience members who got eaten. And they connect them to those like tube flailing men from like a car dealership. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important part. I don't yeah. know why that would not be in the synopsis. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's cool because they have these things set up to these car batteries. So because they can't look at it without getting its attention, they can see where it will be because it can disguise itself in the clouds and stuff. And um uh that that way, when the batteries die or the, the little tube men stop waving, they know that it's there. Kind of a little um, to Jaws when they shoot him with the harpoon and have the barrels so they can see where he's Yeah, at. and I was going to say, actually, that reminded me of Jaws and the scene where all those people get eating that you call eaten that you call the most terrifying scene ever yeah. reminded me of the uh, that that like, scene, uh, like a scene in Jaws where, yeah, where. The, like that day they're at the pool or at the beach and everybody is like sees the shark and is like running away. It was very similar to that scene. I mean, thematically there's uh, a lot, there's a through line there. And just that this movie is very much about spectacle, you know, whether you want to call it social media or yeah. Whatever, um, content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I really, 
I don't know. I, I make a lot of comparisons to Jaws, but I think this really was like um, intentionally done. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I think that uh, that's, I think that's valid. I don't think you need to apologize for your, for your comparison. Um, it, it's weird. It actually skipped the synopsis also skipped what I thought was the, the funniest part was at the beginning where um, so Jupe thinks that these alien that, that he thinks that this UFO are aliens who are coming to like save mankind and he sells these little costumes of what he call what does he call them the are they the watchers or the the watchers I is think, that what right? it is yeah um yeah but like early in the movie a bunch of little kids dress up in those costumes and you think aliens have invaded uh OJ's yeah. house or a barn. That was a uh, super scary scene too, which yeah, yeah. because he ends Peel up loves a fake out. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so they're back. They're they're trying to use the hand crank cameras and the battery powered stuff to try to trick the monster into like being on camera. Um, but Holst, the cinematographer, and the only white person in the scene, uh, decides to. <laughs> Uh, give up his life for the sake of this shot. Um, and he is fully eaten by the uh, by the jean jacket, the the biological alien that is sucking things out of the sky. Also, this oh, this skipped a part two where um, because the alien spits out inorganic matter, it ate what looked like it was a horse statue that they had with those like bunting flags on oh, it. Yeah. Uh, the flags yeah, that you super see important thing that probably shouldn't be skipped over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the flags that you see in uh the uh poster, uh the the first poster with the flags coming out of it. Um and it spits that out and it gets that's when it rains blood. So the the big plasticine horse must have like hurt him in some way. Yeah, and so Yes, and so OJ figures that those anything with those flags will scare away Jean Jacket because he ate something bad that hurt him before, so he wouldn't want to eat it again. So Holst, overcome by the sight of the UFO, allows himself to be devoured with his camera, ruining the group's plan and forcing the remaining three to separate after Angel survives an attack from Jean Jacket, which was extremely harrowing. Um, <laughs> He wraps himself in a tarp and then in barbed wire to make sure he was like tethered to the ground so that he couldn't be sucked up by the alien. And if he was sucked up, the barbed wire would have gotten spit out with him. Uh, but that was really awful to see somebody do that. Not a fan yeah. of that visual. <laughs> <laughs> um, OJ lures the alien away from M. She uses the T TMZ reporter's electric motorcycle to travel to Jupiter's claim. There, M unearths the fair's large helium balloon mascot for Jean Jacket to feed on. So this is also like in uh, Jaws. Um, they basically trick the alien into eating an explosive. Yep. Um, but it's a it's a giant balloon. Uh, that is framed in a way that makes it seem like the alien is going to think that he's a predator, like a rival predator or something. Um, and he has those same flags around him. So then Jean Jacket tries to eat it. It explodes. And 
at the same time, M is cranking this camera inside of like a wishing well that's supposed to be like you pay 50 cents or whatever and it takes your picture as if you're like standing at the top of a well. Um, but it's an analog camera that just needs a crank. And so M is able to get a picture from the Winken well attraction to catch the creature while it is attacking the balloon. The balloon explodes after it's devours, it, it is devoured and it kills the creature. With Jean Jacket dead, the picture as proof of its existence, M sees OJ on his horse outside the park and he's like, looks like a Western hero. And then that's the end of the movie. Um, make one really quick uh, critique <laughs> Just yeah that scene in particular missed opportunity in my opinion um like the movie opens up with the uh the black jockey on the horse right of just like the kind of the pictogram thing yeah well i was really like i really thought it was going to happen where she used like the the well cam to get multiple pictures so it would be like a throwback so you could kind of see them like one after the other after the other of like their own right. movie of that. I really thought that was, was going to happen. And then it was just the one. So I was pretty bummed. I've just got saying. a feeling. I, I've got a feeling that was the original intention. Um, because that is. Um, that is like very much sort of what they're doing there where. It just seemed too I think, for just to be the one. I don't know. Right. And I think it was probably just like tension. It would have been hard to build tension. In a scene, you know, if if it's able to take pictures fast enough, sure. Um, but yeah. Um, so as far as like the themes and and what the movie is really about, um, when I said that it was that it was about social media, what I mean is that like there's this whole sort of notion around like Instagram, especially um, that if you don't document it then it's not a real thing and it didn't happen to you and in that way the mm. the the alien the ufo sort of makes that true in that it, it is like not allowing to be documented or shared and then also um that it lives in a cloud like you know like the internet is on the cloud or whatever so that was my and it just literally looks like an old camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. looks like a camera. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even like the, the hole that sucks up looks like a camera lens. Mm -hmm. The inside of it looks like, um, I mean, it looks like package material more than anything. But yeah, the there's, yeah, there's an argument to be made. So yeah, that's why I think, I mean, it had like a few different themes. I think animal conservation, I think um, sort of respect for nature or two. But yeah, I definitely thought that the uh the social media thing was was yeah a big part yeah. of uh the message there i mean the opening crawl tells you with the bible verse it's about spectacle you know it tells you right away is that what it was i couldn't yeah i couldn't remember um, what the quote was it's a really really un, uh unquoted underquoted unknown bible verse anyway uh, yeah i mean just like it tells you what it's vaguely what it's going to be about pretty early on um you know if you know uh, Peel's politics at all, obviously there's the racial component there um, that yeah. I think a lot of people have touched on. And, uh, you know, I think especially like the relationship between um, OJ and the horse, if they had just listened to him, that person wouldn't have been injured. Uh, you know, uh, just in general, the room full of white people not listening to a black person, you know, uh, if you know yeah. Peel's politics, like that stuff is obviously all in there. It's done 
maybe a little more subtextually than some of his other movies, but I still thought it was very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I can't say enough good things about it, man. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked, I mean, this was a lot less, I think on its surface, like having to do with those same sort of like racial social politics. Um, only because, you know, like, I mean, get out is so explicit with it. And, uh, us is like this affluent black family that is dealing with like their own sort of, uh, middle-class guilt and stuff. So, um, I, I, as far as like this goes, um, I think it was like a lot more about these more generalized themes, which I think is a good direction to move in. I think it's hard for anybody to say so much about like identity, you know, over and over again to the, uh, without people getting like sick of seeing sure. your movies. Oh yeah. yeah. I think to the, to the point of like the theme of spectacle throughout the film, there were so many examples we saw of like um, humans, like sacrificing themselves or giving themselves up in some way for, I mean, you can call it art. You can call it fame. You can call it money. Content. There's a couple different examples. Yeah. For content. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously we have like the TMZ guy who, gets fucking murked because he like it has to be recorded that's his only priority and then we have jupe who like he was my favorite character personally he was also the saddest character just because he took this this terrible thing that happened to him when he was a child when he wasn't like old enough to know any better and he devoted his entire life to like keeping up that persona of of like the the guy who was like famous when he was a kid the kid sheriff um and then obviously we see it with the cinematographer who like literally like flings himself into the thing to get a shot and i i honestly can't see that as anything but just commentary on what people are willing to do for i i have a hard time figuring out if his intention was like what people do for attention and fame or like what people do for just like you said, like content to be known for something. I, I think they're intertwined, honestly. Sure. No, that's a good read on it. And like he, the things that, that we'll do specifically with a uh, jupe, you know, he lets that couple stay in his secret room for 50 grand. Like he exploits his own hor- horrific trauma for that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that you're spot on with that. His was a, a kind of a difficult character to get a read on. I wasn't really, I wasn't really, um, he's, I think he's probably, he's my favorite, favorite character too. It's just probably the most complicated. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck he was thinking, trying to get a group of people up to watch a live alien feeding. That was pretty insane, but, uh, yeah, to, that was, I was, I'm going to call that poorly thought out. Yeah. <laughs> I would disagree. I oh, think there really? was a, yeah, no, I think there was a reason behind that. I mean, I don't think it was the best possible direction it could have gone in, but I do think the intention behind that was to show that like he was so obsessed with spectacle and with putting on a show that he literally kept this like, I mean, it. we can assume he didn't fully understand what the creature was. Like, I don't think the audience <laughs> had been tipped off at that point either, if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah. but he was willing to keep this thing around to put on a show. You know, yeah. like it was, it was very intentional. No, I just meant it got him killed. So that was a not good decision. No, yeah. I mean, oh, I <laughs> thought you were like talking shit on the script. And no. I was like, no, not, not remotely. No. no, I just thought it was making fun of, you know. 
My bad. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, uh, yeah, the um, I'm looking at the cast. Uh, the um, the TMZ reporter whose name is never said is credited as Ryder Moybridge, and Sick the uh, the 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 black man on the horse uh, pictograph is uh, an Edvard Moybridge thing. So. It's a joke because his name isn't said in the script. His first name yeah. is Ryder and he rides a motorcycle. And last name is Moybridge trying to capture this, this thing on film. Um, I'm also looking at the wiki and it says that uh, uh, Peel cited King Kong and Jurassic Park movies about humanity's addiction to spectacle, along with Close Encounters of the Third Kind and The Wizard of Oz as influences in his writing. So is that three? Two. It's two uh, uh, Spielberg movies. Mm. have you seen close encounters oh yeah Absolutely. yeah i mean yeah there's a lot to this have you seen it matilda i haven't um it, he uh the main character becomes like obsessed with this uh mountain uh where these aliens are um those aliens turn out to be nice guys uh but the the nice guy <laughs> <alien movie. laughs> this was not a nice guy alien no movie. no no the opposite really dick dude <laughs> <laughs> they were they were pretty mean. Um, I did I did so I wanted to ask a question. I don't know if people have like talked much about this, but how long do you guys think the alien had been there? Well, uh, the obvious answer I think, and I don't know if this is the correct one, but would be when Gordy freaked out, maybe. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. So you think the alien was following Jupe in some way? That's the only, you know, it's the only thing that I can think of. And it's also the question that I was going to ask next. This kind of ties into it was, um, what's up with the shoe? <laughs> you know? Oh, yes, the shoe. The shoe standing Why up was the shoe toe? standing straight up so, with the blood on it? Oh, I think that was supposed to be an indicator that the, that the alien was, like, hanging oh, out. Oh, okay. And that's just something, like you could call it paranormal was happening or something supernatural. Something spooky. Okay. Well, there's a line that, um, uh, well, I don't remember her character's name, but Kiki, uh, what was, is it M? Emerald. M. Emerald. Yeah. Emerald. Yeah. Excuse me. She says something about, um, bad miracles. Right. And I think maybe, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I, it's kind of a, a weak connection when you think about that, like, Oh, sometimes just bad miracles happen. Well, obviously that's kind of the story of the alien could be the situation there too, that that's where that, where the shoe is coming in to play. Um, but you know, just like in Jaws, sometimes the shark is a shark. Sometimes the shoe's just a shoe and it happened. I don't really know. I don't have a good, uh, I really, I mean, I like the idea that either the alien was like influencing the thing or that like the alien was, cause he sucks things up and the shoe was standing straight up. I don't know. I mean, that the shoe I really could not figure out even by the end of it. It seemed uh, so strange and like random. It felt so, too deliberate to not be something. Right. I guess. Plus two, it's in his museum. It's the first thing that you see in his secret room or whatever is the shoe with the little blood oh. spot, you know? So like, I could not notice that, it in there. I, no. I, <laughs> and I actually went back and saw it again this morning just because I wanted to have something. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to have it figured out by the time we recorded today, but I failed. And so you absolutely know. cannot record a podcast if you've only seen the movie once. We know this no, about it's, you. Uh, I can't do it. It's not in the cards. <laughs> um, yeah, so so 
what did you see? What did you think coming out of it the second time? Uh, I, nothing changed. I thought it was great. I just, uh, you know, that's really one of those movies you can watch a bunch of times. I think the ending does kind of get a little more tedious once you know what happens. Um, that's a movie that that is a movie that doesn't really like. I mean, the payoff is there; it's good, but it's really about that's a movie that's about like the journey. And once you've made the journey, I guess it's a little, I guess, less enthralling. But um, you know, there's a lot of little, I guess, just subtextual and policemist things that you don't catch the first time. It's definitely worth watching again. Little Easter eggs. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's when I kind of uh noted the kind of like the anime <laughs> influence on it, which I think that is very cool that he did that. Yeah. Cause that was not something I picked up on at all. Yeah. Well, uh, I only have only recently started watching anime in the last like six months. So it's a little fresh for me. I don't know. The last six months in your mid thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Good time to start watching anime, right? It's a real I, yeah, time for me. I have a very strict, uh, anime is for perverts policy, but mm. yeah, I, um, you're, you're right by you, the way. <laughs> no, no, you too, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> the, um, yeah. Every time I try to like get anime recommendations, I watch like two episodes and I'm like, Oh, there's like a violent rape in the second episode of this yeah. Like, yeah. television show for children. I can recommend you some stuff that's like, not perverted because i i, I agree <laughs> i have i have not seen akira i know that akira is good and people akira there's but. a little um i mean there's uh, uh not like full-on rape but there's i mean it's it's icky at uh one scene in in particular but it's uh, not nearly as bad but anyway off air uh, I'll, I'll give you some recommendations okay that's fine i really don't uh, first of all i don't want to talk about anime when anything is recording ever first of all <laughs> i don't want to get any emails about this if somebody's like oh we trash anime guy or whatever you know this anime oh people, yeah this is like my stuff with worst. not wanting to get too deep in the paint with star wars and and get yelled at by star wars <laughs> the haters are out there <laughs> they're, they're, they're waiting do, yeah. oh yeah um so what else do we want to say about this um performances were amazing yes absolutely so good. Oh God, Kiki Palmer. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of. Uh, oh, I, I didn't have a lot of familiarity with her, um, but yeah, I thought she was great. It was a crazy episode of True Jackson VP. What is that? It's the, <laughs> it's the Nickelodeon show she was on that like yeah. got her. I wouldn't say that that was like her start, but it was definitely a big moment for her. Is that a new? When did that? When was that show out? Maybe like 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Caleb and I are significantly older than Matilda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was am called? a child. True, True ja Jackson VP. True Jackson VP. I'm so glad I get to teach you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have no, I've never seen any of this. She was like, show. she's like 17 and she's the vice president of a company, of like a fashion company. Oh, that's cute. And she's so good at it. Oh, is that Patrick Schwarzenegger? That is, right? It could be. Oh, Greg Proops was in it, too. He has us all blocked on Twitter, I assume. <laughs> is that a Probably. thing? Oh, yeah. He really doesn't like if you call him Greg Poops. Yeah. Um, uh, and he will block. It's Robbie that's, Amell, the guy from uh, uh, Arrow's brother. He plays the red arrow on the show Arrow. 
Uh, that's what I thought it was. Um, yeah, this is uh, well after my time. I was in college when the show came out. Um, what so, year did it come out? Because I, I missed it. 2010. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or was it 10? 8 to 11. 2008 to 11. Yeah. So. I was too busy swept up in Obamania during that time. <laughs> Big Obama guy. I was a huge Obama uh, guy, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the, the facts about the film. Oh, I guess the fact that her name was Emerald was a reference to Lord of the Rings in some way. Or Lord of the Rings. Wizard of Oz. Sorry. Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah. Was there, I guess, like, Wizard of Oz is also about spectacle in the way that, like, it's all about, like, the way things look. And uh, mm-hmm. if you aren't aware, um, if you haven't taken a freshman year in sort of film it? class, are you going to spoil the Wizard, uh, of, Wizard of Oz? No, no uh, that Wizard of Oz was uh, written about the gold standard. Uh, the whole idea was like it was a protest story about the gold standard. Where in the book she's wearing silver slippers and he want, and she follows the the golden road to the Emerald City, but the Emerald City is like all a fraud. They make her wear green glasses, so everything looks green. So it's like this social commentary about like going off the gold standard and onto like the fiat currency standard we have now. Um, basically <laughs> saying that fiat Are currency you being serious is just, right now. I'm being hundred percent serious. So the whole idea is that um, I think the lion is supposed to represent Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, the scarecrow is supposed to represent the people who are going to like, who are going along with it in like the Midwest because they don't have a brain. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the whole thing is like a, uh, it's about the, the, uh, lack of substance of, of fiat currency and basically about how it's just a spectacle <laughs> to distract you from declining America. That fucking rocks, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like a fun, that's a fun little, uh, so I take it uh, to, uh, you were you were uh, into the Ron Paul camp while I was when I was being an Obamaniac. Oh, I yeah, um, right around that time actually, I was uh, I was in my libertarian phase. Of, <laughs> oh, we all oh, have yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. I read I read Atlas Shrugged twice in one summer. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That's the least cool thing I've ever. <laughs> heard in my life. I feel summer. so much better about that admitting that I watch anime now. <laughs> yeah i had that uh i had that post get like fifty thousand likes where they put ayn rand in the red flag column on this like bookshelf um like if somebody's favorite book is like these books most of them are just totally normal fine books but one of them was atlas shrugged and i said atlas shrugged does make you a bad person and then i had to like explain to a bunch of 15 year old kids with pit crew avatars that like what i what makes ayn rand bad because you know you gotta step in early with those kids sometimes. If early they're... intervention. <laughs> yeah, you can't let them fall to the to the pitfalls of objectivism. Um, but yes, I uh, I did have a big like oh man, and I was in college at the time, and I was like I was like debating. I went to a historically black college. Most of them are like Christians. Most of them are from a very different background than I was growing up in like a rural, pretty much all white high school. Um, and just like explaining to them how uh, uh, all these different Ayn Rand things, like how money is proof of virtue. The more money you have, the better person you are. And uh, all that kind of shit to to my aghast classmates who didn't <laughs> like me. 
making Dang. enemies. Yeah. Um. So what else? What did you have? To, uh, you haven't talked much about what your thoughts were on the um, the themes, Caleb. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty much just in agreement, you know, spectacle and, and I guess for lack of a bit, we've been kind of joking content, but you could make that through line to art or yeah. fame or whatever. Um, I mean, those those were pretty obvious, um, you know, like you, we also discussed kind of the, the social politics of it earlier. They're much more subdued in this compared to his previous films. Um, gosh, you know, I, the only thing that I really just don't have an answer for or would like to explore more is the shoe you know that's it i think you know uh, i don't know what that means and i think that's good you know you don't need everything to be spoon-fed to you in a movie these days and it's nice that you know this movie might not be for everybody um but he definitely took an artistic standpoint and when you take an artistic standpoint you run the risk of alienating certain people and i kind of feel like i'm seeing that a lot with um kind of the reactions it's getting from people on twitter you either love it or you hate it and that's just kind of what happens when you make a movie like this. wait have people said they hated it i've seen yeah i've seen quite a few people that have surprisingly people whose opinions i generally respect well they didn't really hate it but they just it's it's overhyped it's this it's not that good whatever you know so i feel like people said that about us too which i thought was really wild at the time but i think like people keep on expecting jordan peele to just make the exact same film again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to make the keeps, same film again and again, and it's supposed to be better every time. Like he can't just keep hitting grand slams, right? I mean, yeah. Look at Stephen King. He tries to do that, and to <laughs> a lot of failure, pretty often. Yeah. Um, or hey, Nick Cage. Yes, and Nick Cage as well. I mean, he. <laughs> you guys made it back to the theme of the podcast, Caleb. He's 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 a professional. That's what he does. Um, I'm looking at an article right now titled, uh, the shoes standing up in Nope explained. Well, it's not going to explain it. I bet, but I do want to, uh, yeah, that's been my, uh, what does the standing shoe really mean? One potential meaning behind the shoe standing up in Nope could be the movie's exploration of spectacle and bad miracles. When siblings OJ and M. Haywood realize they are dealing with a UFO, OJ labels it a bad miracle. As amazing as the uncovering of alien presence is, the phenomenon comes with, at a horrible cost since the UFO dispelling waste killed their father and continues to wreak havoc upon their town. The shoe standing up in Nope could also be a seen as a bad miracle given the unexplained nature of the phenomenon and how it helped during the trap. That's not good enough for me, I gotta say. Yeah. We already talked about that. That's not, that's not enough. <sighs> yeah. I also appreciate the the idea of like the shoe not really being something I've digested yet and maybe I never will just because like Peel is such a great storyteller but he's not subtle in the slightest um I can imagine his movies are like really fun to watch when you're like a stupid person because you can still (laughs) get it like you're still along with it dude I gotta Um, say the first time I watched it I was so fucking high and I felt so smart when I would get things you're right on the money (laughs) like you get something and you're like okay cool um (laughs) but like that's why i don't mind that there's something that is still more open to interpretation sure and sometimes there's something to be said just about a a cool image you know um something just it's about the vibes purely aesthetic yeah nothing wrong with that yeah and i think that um oh uh, and a good uh uh parallel is from get out uh at the end when um 
the girlfriend character is um, eating the Fruit Loops in one cup and the, drinking the milk out of the other cup. Mm. Um, people pointed out that she had separated whites from colors and that it was supposed to be like a nod to like her racism. But Jordan Peele was like, I hadn't um, thought of it that way. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so you guys are weird. <laughs> Yeah. He said that he just wanted her to be doing something weird with food. Um, which I think like probably uh he is doing something that is like either unintentional, like part of the, the themes or whatever, or it is like again, I just saw it like three days ago, so I'm gonna have to like see it again and and i haven't really read a lot of like background stuff on it i'm looking at the wikipedia page now and there's a lot of information about like casting and stuff i guess um jesse plemons was supposed to play the jupe character oh my god <laughs> shut the fuck up that would have been so cool he's gonna be in this movie coming out soon called the killers of the flower moon that i'm like really hyped for because i read the book uh but it's basically about how the uh fbi laundered money from uh native americans in oklahoma uh in order to start the fbi more or less hmm. uh so look forward to that it's a scorsese movie i think it's gonna be on netflix uh that's cool with leonardo dicaprio <laughs> i love that that's how it goes now it's a movie it's a scorsese movie with leo dicaprio yeah. and jesse Plemons, and it's going straight to streaming <laughs> oh john lithgow is gonna be in it too Ooh. Check that Brandon out. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh, is Brendan Fraser? Is it Fraser? It's Fraser. Fraser. Okay. Fraser's a different guy. <laughs> uh, De Niro? Yeah, it's going to be good. Going straight to Netflix, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's Apple. Oh, Apple Even Plus. Worse. Apple Plus, yeah. <laughs> you can uh, you can watch it on Apple TV Plus. Um, or lookmovie.ag. What? <laughs> i'm gonna have to bleep that you know because i don't want i don't want to if it's a it's a link that you can't even send on twitter, twitter. <laughs> they will not send the dm of the movie website that caleb uses to watch a lot of these movies is I've, nope on there by by the way uh i don't know i haven't looked probably not not until once it comes out on streaming it'll they'll have it yeah, they'll typically those types of sites will upload like somebody doing it on their iPhone and yeah, no this this <laughs> one, what makes this one better than some of the other like either torrenting or just some of the other streaming websites that are uh, nebulously ethical or legal or whatever. This is right. like everything has HD and closed captions and it's all high quality. So I would be surprised if it was on there. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, it's not on. There. Um, yeah. So I think in um conclusion i was right at least in part especially in conclusion, you know, given that I only, right <laughs> <laughs> i was only um i was only going off the poster oh shit wait no i did think this i'm looking at the thing now uh at uh the 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 whatever the fuck uh valerie enterhoff film compared the poster on the website for the fictional title fictional show titled kid sheriff the poster from the 2003 comedy film holes and yes i thought it looked exactly like the poster for holes it does it surely does oh wait there was a flash game website for that show do you guys know this no did not know that i mean i was like God, 16 when the movie came out so i didn't really i missed it no no this uh uh 
Kid Sheriff, the, the, oh, the fake movie in this. On July 1st, an interactive website for Jupiter's Claim, the fictional theme park UN's character owns on the film, uh, was published. In addition to providing hints of the plot, it held weekly drawings with in-world prizes. Um, the website was wonderfully interactive, sort of like old Flash game site, but also gives some insight into what Nope might be about. A real version of Jupiter's Claim was added permanently as a part of the Universal Studio Hollywood Studio Tour on July 22nd, making it the first Studio Tour attraction to open the same day the movie It, it, rep, it Replicates opens in theaters. On June 24th, July 24th, 2022, Peel released the intro to Gordy's Home, the fictional sitcom depicted in the film on his Twitter account. Yeah, so I didn't know about that website at all. I didn't see anybody post about that. Yeah. Wow. That's like intense promo. Yeah. It's very specific promo. It reminds me, actually, it reminds me of, um, Caleb, you might you might remember this. Do you remember when the movie Cloverfield came out? Yeah, DJ Abrams uh, always did stuff. I was just about to say that. They always had um, yeah. kind of ARG games and uh, just little websites and, and goofy stuff like that, product. So I was in, yeah, I was in high school when that came out and, um, I was like, uh, Oh, maybe I wasn't in high school. Either way. Um, uh, there was a website zero one dash one eight dash zero eight dot com. And it was, uh, for like a long time for that, uh, JJ Abrams movie for Cloverfield. There was like a, uh, website that would just have like random pictures and clues and people would talk about them on like, these forums and yeah, like we were like obs- yeah mm-hmm. um i was like obsessed with it and my my brother um who loves godzilla movies was like uh uh checking the website every day and like saving the pictures <laughs> and trying to like look at the uh, metadata for the pictures and figure out if there was like clues in there um yeah but that reminds me of that that was that that rocked yeah you know and I'm glad as i'm thinking about back. this this did kind of feel like a little bit like a J.J. Abrams movie too, but like yeah, much better. Um, <laughs> yeah, this has kind of had that kind of mysterious aspect to it. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So um, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Anything else we missed or you guys want to say? I'd say um, one of the like most fun parts of watching any of Peele's movies is just obviously like knowing his trajectory. Um, and knowing the work that he came from and like seeing, I don't know, I don't mean to be like a dick to Jordan Peele, but like seeing the guy who made Key and Peele, like make some of the most like visually <laughs> yeah. beautiful movies I've ever seen. Truly, it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. It was such a like, like I said earlier, like I was just completely immersed. It was such a treat. Um, I'm really looking forward to repeat viewings but also i feel like i need to like this feels like a movie that i'm gonna have to watch like every six months i have like a list of movies in my mind of like i gotta revisit this once or twice a year and that's on this now that's on the list so (laughs) big ups yeah and i for those of us who first were introduced to jordan peele when he was on Mad TV, doing the um, playing a, a a low a low stakes supervillain in a grocery store, it is very funny that he is like an Oscar winning screenwriter now. And um, yeah, uh, what are your what are your closing thoughts, Caleb? 
Man, I'm just glad that I went through this entire episode and didn't accidentally call him Jordan Peterson. I was freaking out. Oh, I keep doing that. I've been doing that so much. Dr. Jordan Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I definitely kept doing that when I was talking to my friends about it. So didn't do it. Yeah. Made it. Congratulations. All right. Well, this has been Western Kabuki. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Whack with the silent H, W-H-A-C-K, Nicholson on Twitter. Um, do you want people to follow you, Matilda, <laughs> given that your account is locked? I mean, I won't say no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> My username is Tillamundo, T-I-L-L-A-M-U-N-D-O. I like to hang out on there. <laughs> and Caleb is at Bird Respector. And um, thank you for listening. We deeply appreciate it.